What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here on this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. I'm also the lead fantasy baseball analyst over at Sports Ethos. And you guys can hit me up on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You guys hit the follow button there. You never miss any links to my shows, any threads that I pull together throughout the week, and, of course, my weekend articles that go live every Sunday afternoon on Sports Ethos. This weekend, we're going to be doing a midseason fantasy awards article because, believe it or not, we're actually halfway through the fantasy regular season at this point. Depending on when your league ends, we might even be a little bit past it now. We're in week 10, and most leagues tend to go, including the playoffs, about 22 weeks, some 23 Some might even be as much as 24, but where we are right now after this week, week 10, we're going to be roughly halfway through the fantasy baseball, at least regular season, which it's crazy to think that we're already there. But I want to just give you guys my thoughts on where we're standing in terms of the awards, not in terms of the Major League Baseball awards, your typical Cy Young and whatnot. I mean, we're still going to do our own versions of those over here, but we're going to be focusing more from the fantasy point of view. So... We'll be doing the fantasy MVP in each league. We'll still do a fantasy Cy Young award, but it won't be the same kind of criteria as your regular Cy Young award. We'll be basing it off of the five standard categories for pitching, and it won't involve anything else. It'll just be those things, those five categories factoring into it were in the actual Cy Young award. Obviously, there are tons of other factors. So we'll do the MVPs. We'll do our version of the Cy Young We'll do the rookie of the year in each league. We will do best late round draft pick. There's a couple other categories I'm still deciding on. Best uh, waiver wire pickup for sure. Still finalizing exactly what is going to go into it, but I know that that will be the subject of this weekend's piece. Now, a couple of things I wanted to touch on right off the bat. So we are going to be bringing on a second guest this week. Tomorrow... We will be joined by the fantastic Mike Carter, who works for Fantrax and SP Streamer. He's on Twitter at MDRC0508. He is a great follow on Twitter. He's very funny. He's very knowledgeable. And we are going to be bringing him on tomorrow. We're going to be talking some White Sox. Uh, we'll talk other things as well. But Mike is a Illinois native and a Chicago White Sox fan. So we will be talking about some Liam Hendricks stuff. We'll obviously discuss the massive offensive outpouring that happened yesterday. We might touch on it a little bit today as well. But I kind of want to know from a Chicago standpoint where he stands on certain players, uh, your Joan Moncadas, your Eloy Jimenez's, uh, Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman. There's a lot of guys that I want some clarity on, and I think you guys would like some clarity on. So I've asked Mike to come on. He's generously agreed. We're going to be doing that show later today, and it'll be out early tomorrow morning. So... Uh, if you guys have any random White Sox questions or any baseball questions you want to throw at me that we'll try and get to on the show, then by all means, uh, hit one of us up on Twitter, and we will try and get to it if we can. We are going to be uh, diving in mostly to White Sox, but we'll talk a little bit about uh, some Nick Pavetta stuff, uh, other other random baseball stuff, and maybe a couple of non-baseball questions as well, because I think it's nice for you guys to have not just a steady stream of baseball fact, baseball fact, baseball fact. I think if you mix it up a little bit, and, you know, I'll credit that to uh, my guest appearance on the Palazzo podcast. Very, very nice of Michael Govier to have me on. But the way he did it was a baseball question and then a non-baseball question. So I, I kind of like that format. I won't go quite that uh, rigid back and forth, but I will definitely mix in the odd other things. 
So Mike will be with me for the whole show. We'll probably be going about a half hour. And I hope you guys tune in. I hope you guys enjoy that. I also had Kev Masarage on, on earlier in the week. So go and check that one out. We talked a little bit about some of the bullpen situations for the Dodgers, the Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays. So go back a couple episodes and check that one out. The last tiny little bit of news is I'm going to be in the DR next week, the Dominican Republic. Nice little vacation. I will be away, but I will still be putting out shows Monday through Friday. There will still be a podcast. It might be a touch shorter than usual. Maybe we'll talk uh, for 20, 25 minutes instead of half an hour, 40 minutes. But there will absolutely still be uh, Monday through Friday shows. I might not be on Twitter quite as much. And certainly if you guys are, if you are one of the people who ask me questions on a regular basis, uh, the mornings will definitely be better for that for next week. I'm going to be trying to hit the beach in the afternoon as much as possible going to try and have as many drinks as I can on those days so the morning will definitely be the preferred time so sorry to spend the first five minutes uh, on this stuff I just wanted to get a couple of things out of the way we will go in now to yesterday's performers some of the top performing guys I think you guys know who I'm going to start out with for those of you especially on the west coast Tyler Anderson guys uh, this one was tough I was watching this game I was hoping for a no-no. It's not that I'm a Dodger fan or I like Tyler Anderson. I have some shares, but I just, you you root for the no-no, right? Even if it's not your team, even if it's a team you don't really like, you tend to root for the no-no. We've seen a couple this week get broken up with with Michaelis a couple days ago and now Anderson. It sucks, man. It's just, you you want to see that. I tuned in around uh, seventh inning just to keep tabs on it. You know, if history does happen, you want to be there. And he was he was clean until the ninth inning. He so he struck out Mike Trout. He caught him looking uh, first batter of the ninth inning. Gorgeous pitch. Next pitch we had or next pitch next batter we had Shohei Otani, and he roped a double into right field. And Mookie Betts gave every every bit of effort there. He com- he fully extended trying to get that ball. Uh, nothing that he could do really. He probably shouldn't have dove for it. In all honesty, he might have kept Shohei at second there. But I think at that point, it's not its not a huge deal. Uh, it's just a shame for Tyler Anderson not being able to go out there and get it. But he still gave you eight in the third, struck out eight, just gave up the one earned run. He walked two. He had one base hit against, obviously, and he hit one batter. I like Tyler Anderson quite a bit. And he has definitely shown an improvement over what we've seen in the past with Colorado and Pittsburgh and Briefly there with Seattle. Uh, We have definitely seen an improvement. So he has never won more than seven games in the season before this year. He's already up to eight. He has not lost the game yet to this point in the season. He has not had a sub-four ERA since 2016, which was his first season in the majors. Every year since, it's been over four, and sometimes it's even been quite a bit over four. Uh, It's been close to that five range a couple of times. This season, it's at 2.82, and if you look at the expected numbers, they're also very good. So uh, his XERA is 3.00. His fielding independent pitching is 3.10. It leads me to believe that what we're seeing is pretty much a real version of him, although I am hesitant to full out say, like, this is who he is. But I do think that he will have a lot of value going forward. I just don't think he's someone that I would be personally trying to go out and acquire. I'm just not really that confident going forward I think if you want to trade him you'd probably get a decent haul for him at this point but I wouldn't be going and trying to get him Uh, I know that he has made some changes but as a whole uh, I just don't tend to trust very easily and this is screaming like a similar kind of thing to me as Martin Perez it's different Perez has been actually better but uh, pitchers who have pitchers both of them who have never 
really had fantasy relevance. Now they're both fantastic this year. It leads, it gives me pause, and it makes me, uh, it makes me very cautious about wanting to go out and acquire them. So I would be, I would be cautiously saying, yeah, try and shop around Tyler Anderson and see what you can get back for him. And I'm happy to have you guys run any offers by me, but I think that as a whole, you're not going to get burned uh, by trying to explore some kind of trade for him. He's the 31st ranked player to this point in the season, which no one was expecting. So that's where I lean towards trying to sell him because when the season is all said and done, I don't think we're going to be seeing the 31st ranked player. I don't think we're going to be looking at that slot and seeing Tyler Anderson there. So if you can try and sell a bit high on him, I would go ahead and do that. Let's talk about Jose Barrios, who seems to have really figured himself out recently. He went seven innings last night. Granted, it was against the Orioles. He struck out eight of them, gave up three earned runs, three hits, and also hit a batter. We've seen him really, really, like I said, these last couple of starts begin to turn it around. He's not giving up so much hard contact. The strikeout numbers have been very good. I mean, he only struck out five against the Tigers, but eight against Baltimore. And in the start before the Tigers started, it was 13 twins that he had struck out. Uh, we've seen him go seven, eight, and seven in these last three games and not give up more than five hits in any of them. Uh, if you go to the advanced numbers, if you're looking at his called strikes plus whiffs, they've been they were fantastic in the Baltimore game. They were a little bit lower in the Detroit game, and then crazy in the Minnesota game. So, uh, backwards chronological order here, we're going 37.2, 24.5, and 38.9 CSW. The 37.2 is one of the highest marks we saw yesterday. I think it actually might be the highest mark that we saw yesterday. So he has really started to figure himself out. I've spent a lot of time worrying about him and worrying about if he's going to, in fact, return and have some kind of value after those rough uh, few starts we saw, or at least a, a healthy dose of rough starts mixed in with a couple of good ones. But definitely there's been quite a bit of worry. He's got the ERA down now to 4.65. The XERA is 4.55, and the fielding independent pitching is 4.48. So he's generally performing how he's been expected to based on his pitches to this point. Like, you know, you're hoping that he gets that number down further. He's a career 380 ERA. You're thinking he can get into that range. Uh, so a couple of more good starts. The Jays did have a very tough schedule in the early going. I don't think that's talked about really enough. Faced the Astros a couple of times and the Yankees a bunch, the Red Sox a few times. And it was a very tough go of it that they actually were able to perform very well in. Uh, I say tough go schedule-wise. They didn't perform terribly. They were like 10 games over 500 or 7 games over 500 uh, during those series. But now we're starting to see the Baltimore series and the Kansas City series and the Detroit series, and we started to see the performances uh, follow suit there in terms of what you'd expect given the strength of opponent. So Rios is still a strong player. He's a strong buy candidate. I think there's still a little bit of risk because he's maybe always been a Touch overrated. You know, he's never had his lowest ERA he's ever had is 3.52, which is very good. But he's talked about as if he is like an elite, elite pitcher. And I don't think he's an elite top tier uh, SP1. I think he's a solid SP2. But I do think that he is a touch overhyped. As a whole, though, he's still a buy. He's still someone who hasn't performed as well as he could have this year or probably should have. We've seen the ground ball percentage go down for whatever reason. Hopefully we'll see that return to closer to his 40%, 41% career normal. It's been at 35. It doesn't seem like much of a difference, but it definitely does make some kind of difference there if you're hitting, giving up more fly balls as opposed to ground balls. 
which is what we've seen from him this season. A 7% increase in fly balls, and like I said, the decrease in the ground ball rate. Not sure what exactly to attribute it to, but he started to figure it out these last couple of times around. So not worried about Jose, uh, not terribly worried. There's still maybe a little touch of worry, but on the whole, uh, very happy with what he's been able to provide to this point. Uh, we're, I'm going to leave the White Sox stuff until I talk with Mike. Uh, I'll talk with him later on today, and it'll be in the tomorrow show because we saw Yoan Moncada go five for six. He had three singles, a double, a home run. He drove in five. But he's been uh, rather shithouse to this point on the season. So I am going to leave it to the White Sox expert to see what his point of view is, and we will have a full-on White Sox. Uh, trust me, there will, will not lack for White Sox content uh, tomorrow. So we will cover that one later. Spencer Strider. Strider is a god. Uh, he went five and two-thirds. He struck out 11, gave up two earned runs, walked two, gave up one hit. Unfortunately, he got up to 106 pitches in that time frame, so he couldn't go any deeper. But he was a total steal. If you guys do play DFS, I, was, uh, I have moved away from DFS a little bit here just to try and focus on the actual fantasy baseball side. I know DFS is still fantasy, but I focused more on my pod and my Twitter working up the season long side there. So I have moved away from the DFS a little bit. I've gotten back a little bit on Twitter this week, and last night uh, we called the Spencer Strider pick. I hope you guys put him in your lineups. He returned 36.3 fantasy points on Yahoo for a $32 salary. He was fantastic. Uh, now, in terms of the whole DFS thing, I will be putting out podcasts again. Uh, I was planning on doing it this week. There's been some uh, other stuff going on. And again, I've tried to focus more so on the season long. So... I think when I'm back from the Dominican, that's when we will fully kick in the uh, the DFS podcast again. We'll start hitting you guys with a daily show. Uh, I'm sorry that they've kind of gone off. I haven't done them in uh, probably close to a month now. I've just tried to focus more on the season long. So that is why I still keep up a little bit with the DFS. I still set a lineup, and I still know what's going on. I just haven't put out shows because I haven't been properly equipped to give you guys the advice uh, that I think you guys deserve if you follow me for that. I'm not just going to look at it briefly and say, yeah, this looks okay, this looks fine, this looks okay. You know, I want to put the actual proper time and effort into it if I'm going to be putting the shows out there. So that's why I haven't been putting the shows out because I haven't been able to devote the time to it. So it, they will be back soon for those of you who are the DFS fans. Uh, I've had a couple of people message me on Twitter. I really appreciate it. They will be back. Going back to Spencer Strider. I do tend to go off on tangents like that every now and again. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I got a very active brain. ADD as a child. Uh, it's nothing I can do about it. I did take uh, stuff as a child to try and keep my brain uh, focused on stuff, but nothing really seemed to work. So you guys are stuck with the odd tangent uh, going forward, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. Let's talk about Strider. So he's come up, and he has struck out 38% of his batters to this point. He has been outrageous. And I think the Braves are going to have to start making some tough decisions in terms of Charlie Morton. Once we see Mike Soroka come back, I don't see another viable candidate to leave the rotation. It's not going to be Kyle Wright. It's not going to be Freed. <clears throat> it's not going to be Anderson. And I don't think it should be Strider, the way he's performed here. I don't know why you would send him down. Or not going to send him down. But why would you put him back in the bullpen? It doesn't really make any sense. He's, you know, he's been stunningly good. He's actually been stunningly good. I... Love him. I've picked him up wherever he is available. And I talked about it on Twitter a little bit today. I know that he's not really available in many leagues. Uh, he's like 65% rostered on Yahoo. And then uh, let me just check real quick ESPN. I think it's 30, 38% on ESPN. So if you are in one of those ESPN leagues, you have to go and add him. You have to do it right now. You have to go and add him. 
for Yahoo leagues, we're probably looking at more uh, competitive leagues that he's already scooped up. If you are in one of those leagues, one of those 35% of leagues where he is available, he does need to be added. He is too valuable to just sit on the waiver wire. He is worth a good fab bid. I'm not sure. Depending on format, he's probably worth, I'd say, like 10% of your remaining fab at least. Uh, he is someone who is a different. Like the strikeouts are, are a game changer like that. When you can go out there and strike out two guys per inning almost, uh, you need to be taken seriously. And he's done it over a long enough period of time now, 44 innings, that I am starting to take him seriously. Uh, the strikeouts are nuts. And that is that is a main part of his value because the walks are okay. Uh, he's not crazy bad. He's just kind of somewhere in the middle there. He's walked 21 batters in his 44 innings. It's not great, really. I mean, I'm being generous with him. It's too high. But you get a pass when your strikeout number is that high. He's kept the whip down. He's kept the fielding independent pitching at 2.07. Fantastic. Uh, really fantastic. The expected ERA, 2.82. He needs to be rostered. The Braves will find a way to keep him in the rotation, I think. They will start him over Charlie Morton, I would imagine. Because Morton, I mean, I think it's three or four straight outings now of four, of four earned runs. And I've seen some Twitter stuff about how it's not really on him. But I don't think it's going to matter. Um, if this keeps going on, maybe another start or two. Soroka, I haven't actually done a Mike Soroka search in a week or so. So I'm I'm kind of – let me just bear with me for a second. I want to see how he's doing in his rehab. He threw a bullpen last Friday. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see him back. Okay, following the All-Star break. Okay, I could see that. They say he's probably going to be back following the All-Star break. Yeah, he'll be eased back in throughout that time, and then he'll have some short starts, and they may go even with a six-man rotation. You're looking at the very minimum, if you add Strider, at least another five or six weeks, I would say, of rotation work. At least five. And then from there, maybe he goes back to a long relief role. I doubt it. And you know there is a possibility with his numbers that even as a long reliever, he would have value. But I think that he's going to stick in that rotation. I think they'll do what they can to keep him there. And I don't think we will see Charlie Morton there for too long. Now, uh, that's it's a tough one. It's really tough because Morton, late bloomer, he peaks at, what, age 35, 36. He really became a great pitcher. And we saw it for a couple of years, and we've kind of seen it at times this season. But as a whole, he's not really too interesting, I don't think. And he shouldn't be to them. And they have to know that he is not a part of the long-term plan. It's pretty clear he's like 38 or 39 years old. I don't think we need to run him out there just for the sake of his morale or for the sake of using the money that you spent on him or whatever bullshit reason. Uh, you have Strider, Soroka, Anderson, Wright, and Freed. That is a ridiculous rotation. Get rid of Morton, I'd say. Maybe you can, they can try and trade him for something. I don't know. Probably not. I'd say that he's probably just about cooked. But they'll probably try and find a way to keep him in that rotation. I don't know why, but that's probably what they will attempt to do. Now we're going to talk about a couple of Baltimore Orioles. And the first one we will talk about, Ryan Mountcastle. So he went two for four. He had a couple of home runs. Uh, he hit knocked in three yesterday. And his performance over this last week, really over these last couple of weeks, has pushed him into the... Just about the top 100. He's the 102nd ranked player for the season. He's only 83% rostered on Yahoo. I know that's most leagues, and there might be a couple of mostly inactive leagues at this point. But 
he should be rostered in every league, I think. I mean, he had 33 home runs last year, 89 RBIs as a rookie. He's not going to steal bags for you, but he can hit at a decent average. He's got the home run pop there. He bats in the middle of the lineup. I know it's not a great lineup, but he should still be rostered in just about every single league. Now, his teammate, Adley Rutschman, hit his first career home run last night. That was great to see. Uh, I was watching it happen. It does sting because it happened against my boys in Toronto, but he went two for four. He had a double. He had the home run. He knocked in a couple. Uh, he is a future MVP candidate type player. He is that good. He will be that good. He needs a little bit of time. Uh, maybe this season will not be the greatest fantasy value that he'll have, and almost certainly it will be the worst year of his career. So just remember that when you're when you're panicking a little bit, especially if you're in a dynasty or a keeper format and you're thinking, oh, my God, he's looking like a bust. He's looking like another Kalanick. He's not. Yeah, he's really not. He is excellent. We've seen him strike out a lot more than he did in the minor leagues, which will fix itself as he gets older. You have to remember he is very young. He's 24 years old. Give him a little bit of time. We're starting to see it come around there yesterday. I like him as much as I've ever liked a prospect. Uh not that I'm a massive major or sorry minor league baseball guy. Not that I'm a big prospect person. Mostly, I focus on the Jays prospects because they're the team that I've grown up watching. I've known their minor league systems. I've known the New Hampshire and the Buffalo teams uh, very well. Even the the single A Vancouver team. Uh, there's guys that I've followed up their course into the major leagues, and that's kind of you know that's where I kind of have sat over these last few years. Following the Jays' prospects, obviously there's another big prospect that comes out or that is very hyped in the minors. I'll see what I can. I'll try and watch some YouTube clips. So I'm not exactly the foremost authority on prospects. But in terms of his makeup, especially as a catcher, someone who's walked quite a bit more than they struck out in the minor leagues, with his kind of power, with his ability to hit for average and his defense behind the plate, he is as good of a prospect as you are going to find. Like, Gabriel Moreno, who just called up as well, Blue Jays' top prospect, catcher. I love him. I think he's going to be great, but Rutschman is going to be a lot better, I think, at this point. And it hurts to say, you guys know that I'm a, a Toronto homer. I am. I, I adore Toronto sports teams. I adore my Blue Jays. And I hope that Gabriel Moreno turns out better than Johnny Bench. But at the same time, I think Rutschman is going to be just disgusting. He is going to be one of the best catchers in the modern era and maybe I'm being a little uh hyperbolic here but I don't know just listening to what other people have said and from what I've seen and from seeing his numbers in the minors I mean he's the best catching prospect since probably Joe Maurer um I mean Buster Posey's in there as well but it's it's probably one of those I mean you can't say at this point who's going to be the best there uh between them Rutschman has a chance to be as good as those other two guys, uh, both MVP players. So I love Rutschman. If you have an ability to trade for him in a keeper or a dynasty format because of his slow start, he's maybe a little bit discounted, probably not, but maybe a little bit, then I would try and grab him. If you're in a redraft league, he's probably not going to be uber valuable this year. He'll be fine, especially because catcher is kind of a shit position, and we all know this. But he's not going to be a massive difference maker, I don't think, anyway, this season. We'll see him have some good games. He'll hit some home runs. But I don't think that he's going to move the needle that much here. Uh, let's talk about one more player from yesterday. 
That is Brian Reynolds. So he went two for three. He tripled. He had a home run. Scored twice, a couple RBIs. He was also hit by a pitch. I've had a lot of questions on him throughout the entire season, but especially um, maybe three weeks ago or so, I was getting a ton of questions about Brian Reynolds and people saying last year was just a one-year kind of miracle thing. He's actually kind of shitty. Uh, I'm going to be dropping him. And I'm trying to tell people, no, like don't drop him yet. And I, that's what I was saying. I haven't really had any questions about him recently. But for someone with his power and speed and ability to hit for average, it was only a matter of time before it started to come around. And we have seen it start to come around a bit here. He's still underperforming what we would like. His walk number is down from last year. The strikeouts are up. But I still think that he can have a lot of value. He's not going to be a – he's honestly a buy. He's like, I know I've said it about a few guys, but he's someone that you should be trying to buy. He has, like I said, the power potential. He doesn't have a ton of speed, but he can still get a couple of bags. He's stolen three this year. Not, not Nothing crazy, but he can help out a little bit there. He's also just been completely on fire recently. The last week, he's the number two ranked player off of his three home runs in that span. He's got 15 runs plus RBIs, and he's batting 536 over the last week. He's 15 for 28. We jump back over two weeks. It's 19 for 49 with 388 average. We jump back... Over the last month, he's 33 for 103. He's batting 320 in that span with seven home runs. He is still someone who is a really valuable fantasy asset. If you can get him low, you probably can't because he's been very hot recently. But if you can get him for less than you would have paid on draft day, I would go and get him. He is still, not still, he kind of is new on the scene. But he is he's an up-and-comer in the baseball world. 27 years old. We see the power. We see the abilities on the base paths. Although he doesn't really use his speed, he's pretty quick. Uh, he can be quicker than what we have, uh, than what he showed us. I don't think he's going to steal a lot of bags, but I think he can probably get to 10 throughout the season. I think 10 is a decent number to aim for. He could, he could hit 25 home runs. He should hit 25 home runs. Uh, he's someone who should be a target of yours. We are going to look a little bit now at the thread that I put out on Twitter this morning, just talking about the most added players today in fantasy baseball. Obviously, we're talking fantasy baseball here. You guys know that. The number one added player today, Luke Voigt. <clears throat> Luke Voigt seems to have come out of his early season funk. He's batted nine for his last 32. He's got three homers and 17 runs plus RBIs this week. He is a strong add, and he is someone, I mentioned it yesterday, you know, before the season, I thought there's a decent chance that he possibly could lead the National League in home runs. He does have that kind of potential, and we've seen it recently. He's been crazy on fire. Over the last month, he has 35 runs plus RBIs, six homers. He's batting 274 in that span, which is not great for most players, but for him, well, that's like fantastic. That might as well be 400 for him. I think that he's a strong add, and you guys should not have him on any of your waiver wires. Rich Hill, I talked about Rich Hill quite a bit on Twitter. That game is starting uh, in about an hour. By the time you guys hear this, I'll either sound like a fool or a genius. I think Rich should be streamed in for today. He's facing the Orioles, or sorry, the Orioles. He's facing the Athletics. The Athletics are 29th in Major League Baseball in runs, slugging, and home run. They are 30th in hits, average, and on-base percentage. And against lefties, they're slashing 221, 292, and 360 this season. It's a little bit risky, but I think it's worth it. I honestly think that he is worth adding in for today. If you guys didn't add him in already, if there's still time in a daily changes league, probably not by the time you hear this, but hopefully you guys are following on Twitter. That's why you follow on Twitter. That's why you subscribe to the show. You get both pieces. You get the articles that come out, of course, through Twitter as well. 
And then you get my whole fantasy outlook. Because I can't get through everything on any given platform. That's why there's a little bit of stuff on Twitter. There's some stuff in the article. There's stuff on the podcast. It's a lot of different resources for you guys to use. Hopefully you're using them. Hopefully uh, you guys who are listening to this have already followed on Twitter. We're very close to 1,000, by the way. So go ahead, please follow. I think I'm 30 followers away. We're getting there. And you guys can help me get there quicker. But uh, mainly it's so that you guys have the information, all of it, in one place. It all goes out on Twitter. The pods, the Twitter, uh, the tweets, obviously, the threads that I do. Every single day there's a thread or at least tweets with, with tons of information in them. The, the articles, there's, just, there's tons of stuff. So just go follow on Twitter, right? I'm sick of telling you guys, <laughs> go ahead, follow on Twitter. I've said it too many times during this particular episode. But I think, uh, I think I've driven the point home anyway. We'll see if we get a little bit of a bump from today. Spencer Strider, we already talked about. He needs to be rostered. He is one of the more added players. He's the third most added player today, despite him starting yesterday. Usually after a guy starts, he tends to be dropped or just kind of neutral. But if a guy's added after a start like this, you know that they did well. And we already talked about Strider. He was fantastic. He just needed to keep his pitches a little bit lower. We would have seen him be able to go six or seven, probably. You're not going to find him in a lot of leagues. But if you are in one of the leagues where he is available, go and add him. Uh, who else do we have here? Michael Harris. Michael Harris needs to be added, guys. Uh, he's someone I've gone back and forth on a little bit, and I still worry about the lineup spot. He's not going to move above seven or eight, but he just he gets multiple hits every game. He's able to steal bases. He hits. I think he's hitting three thirty right now. Like he needs to be added uh, at least for the short term while he's hot. If he if he falls off a little bit or they don't move him up the, the batting order after a while, and you want to drop him, by all means, that will something that will be something that probably happens. But for now, he's got to be added. Uh, the way he's, he's performed, he's absolutely uh, must add, at least for the next couple of weeks while we see what happens uh, with their batting order. Because I think there is some tinkering that can happen in that order. Maybe he moves up, but I, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see what happens. Uh, I don't think they're going to displace Acuna or Swans, or Swansby. I try to combine Dansby, Swans, Dansby Swanson's first name and last name. Uh, I don't think they're going to move either of those two guys out of the top of the order the way they've been performing. He's not going to bat third, fourth area. Uh, he's probably, honestly, going to be stuck in that six or seven to nine range. It doesn't kill his value, but it doesn't help it. So it's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on there to help determine his fantasy value. Brendan Donovan. Uh, he's seamlessly transitioned to the majors. He's maintained a 341 batting average through his 130 at bats. That's that's a decent enough sample size. It's not a it's not a ton, but if you keep that up through that through automatic games, you, you know how to hit. Uh, he's hit his way into the two hole. He was bounced around a little bit in the order, but now he is batting second. He's got eligibility at second, third, short, and in the outfield. He's a must roster player. Uh, all of those factors, you know, performance, uh, player eligibility lineup spot he checks all the boxes to being a must roster player john birdie john birdie has become the ultimate steel specialist he's got five this week and 12 over the last month and he's hitting 279 so if you need a little bit of a boost in your steals or even in your batting average uh, considering how low the batting average typically is it's, it's definitely gone up in the last couple of weeks across baseball I think they've they've done some into the ball anyway, but 279 is still very very respectable in terms of fantasy baseball. If he is if you are in need of either of those categories, steals or batting average, I think John Birdie is a really solid target. Uh, Kendall Graveman, the last guy we'll talk about briefly here. Unknown exactly how long Liam Hendricks will be out, and that's part of why we're bringing Mike on tomorrow to talk some White Sox and things like that. 
it looks like it's going to be at least a couple weeks. And in that time period, Kendall Graveman can't be added to give you a couple of saves. He'll be the ninth inning man. He's about 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues, which has shot up over the last couple of days. So go and get him if you are in need of saves. Maybe you had Josh Hader go on the paternity list like I did in a couple of leagues. And you need uh, someone to fill in there. He is a perfect option, and it's similar time frame. So, or sorry, it's similar timing with Hader going out and Graveman kind of having a chance here. So, he's a good name to add if you do need to replace uh, if you do need to replace Josh Hader in the short term. Only one starting pitching matchup that I'm going to be really interested in today, and that's Aaron Ashby and Tyler McGill. We saw Ashby have a rough start his last time out. He gave up 13 hits, which you don't see someone give up that many hits too often. He killed you in the whip column. He gave up six earned runs as well. He only struck out two. Tough, no question, tough outing. I want to see how he performs here. I want to see him uh, screw the head back on tight and have a good outing against the Mets. It'll tell me a lot about him. Uh, if he can overcome a couple of, well, not a couple, if he can overcome that really rough outing, even the San Diego one wasn't great. He gave up four earned runs, but he struck out nine. So it's kind of one out. They kind of balance each other out, I guess. Uh, if he can come back from his rough start and have a good outing here, I will have a lot of faith going forward rest of the season that he can be a strong asset. I already have I have already have a good amount of faith in him. But if he's able to bounce back well, uh, that will be something that's huge for me here. Tyler McGill will make his second start since coming off of the injured list. In his first start, he went three and a third, five hits, two earned runs. Uh, he gave up a homer. He struck out four. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't what I had hoped. You know, it's obviously it's a rehab start, essentially. And I know it's a major league start, but it's essentially just trying to get him used to major league speeds again. Uh, just three and a third there. Here, hopefully we'll see him be able to go five. We've seen, sh- we've seen shit offense from the Brewers recently. They have not, they have not done it, guys. Uh, I think they've been shut out four times in the month of June, something like that. They're just... Very anemic. I know they scored 10 runs yesterday. I wouldn't expect to see that happen on consecutive days here. That will do it for us, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, make sure you're here for tomorrow's show. We got Mike Carter coming on. He is going to be talking to us about White Sox stuff. About Maybe we'll throw some other stuff at him as well. But we will, we will focus on, in on the White Sox to see what he thinks of their situation Go ahead and hit the follow button on Twitter. I think this is the third or fourth time in this episode, but we're just trying to trying to push over a thousand here. I hope you guys understand that. At J O E O R R I C O ninety nine, Joe Orico ninety nine. That is me. That is my name. Hope you guys have already followed. If you haven't, there is still time to go hit the follow button. This content is all free on Twitter. The pod is free. The articles are free. Obviously, the Twitter stuff is free. Uh, so. Take advantage of it, guys, because next year there may be some paywall stuff going on. Uh, probably, there almost certainly will be paywalled content next year. Take advantage of the free stuff while you can. Uh, pick my brain. Always available to answer questions on Twitter. If you are enjoying the show, if you've enjoyed what you've heard over these last few weeks, and we've been at it for like three months now almost. It's actually kind of crazy. But if you've enjoyed the show that you've been hearing, uh, we'd really appreciate you guys punching down on that five-star button. Helps us to move up search results. We are seen by more people the more you guys do that kind of stuff. So like, comment, subscribe, download, rate, do all of that good stuff. And we'll see you back tomorrow for our chat with Mike. I hope everybody has a great day. Cheers, everybody.